Welcome to the King's Crowd Startup Investing Podcast, keeping you in tune with the online private markets and empowering everyone to become a venture capitalist. I'm your host, Sean O'Reilly, and joining me is King's Crowd founder and CEO, Chris Lestrino, and WeFunder Director of Fundraising, Johnny Price. How's it going, guys? Doing, Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, yeah, so Johnny, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast today. And uh, right on the gate here, congrats to all the success that you and uh, WeFunder have experienced experiencing this past year. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you guys made it happen, basically? Yeah, absolutely. So as you say, WeFund has been seeing a lot of growth um, over the last 12 months or so. Um, I think we roughly tripled in 2021. Um, and Q4, we grew by about 4.5x um, Q4 2020 over Q4 2019. So coming into 2021 with a lot of momentum, um, which we think accelerate and um, obviously with the new rules changes of March 15th that I'm sure we'll go into more detail on but I think reasons for the growth um, I kind of think about three we made a very important product change in early 2020 uh, that enabled us to roll up individual investors to one line on the cap table which um, is an absolute you know game changer um, in terms of kind of product market fit so I think that's probably the biggest driver of the growth we saw um, I suspect that the pandemic uh, made it harder for founders to raise capital, especially in the early months of the pandemic, whereas a digital platform versus like in-person handshake coffee meetings um, and, you know, a platform where you can raise from anyone and publicly promote versus trying to raise from angels who I think were looking at the economy and, and just getting a little skittish and say writing fewer checks um, in the spring of 2020. Probably then also made WeFunder a pretty interesting option for older founders that maybe would have gone a more conventional route in 2019. Um, and then the third reason, uh, this is more kind of internal, but uh, our team at WeFunder is, I just think we, we've built the team in really, really awesome ways over the last few years, but especially the last 12 months, like the people we've hired and the people we've retained. Like I, I think that for startups, there's probably a very, very strong correlation between tenure on the team and growth. And, and there's probably some correlation versus causality uh, question there, because obviously if you're growing quickly, then it's easier for you to retain people because there's <laughs> great opportunities for them and, and vice versa. But, you know, if I look at like the, the tenure of people on the team that we fund that myself, I've been there for years now, so he's kind of rushed ahead of operations for three years. Uh, and so a number of core people on the team, on the engineering team as well, have been there for a while. And that institutional knowledge then just compounds. So I, on the growth side, for example, like the number of inbounds referrals that I'm getting now versus, you know, when I started three years ago is just, um, you know, orders of magnitude greater. And so those, yeah, product changes, you know, impacts of the pandemic on making it harder for founders to fundraise. And then our team, I think, will be the three reasons I point to. When so. did you first hear of King's Crowd or meet Chris? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think like, so I joined WeFunder in 2018. Uh, obviously, Reg CF had been around, um, launched in May, May 2016. So I came in kind of almost two years into the Reg CF journey. Uh, and... You know, I didn't really have much of a background in startups before we fund the, I started my career in management consulting in the UK where I'm from, uh, and then left Oliver Wyman to join 
a nonprofit called Kiva.org. Um, and so I ran the US lending division of Kiva.org, which is kind of making pretty small microloans, crowdfunded microloans to US entrepreneurs. And ran that team for seven years. And it was, I guess, kind of peripherally related to startups, but not really kind of core startups land. And so then I came to WeFund and I was like, wait, what's what's a cap table again? What's a convertible note? And so I had to, <laughs> a bit of a baptism of fire. Uh, but then, you know, I was new to Reg CF, new to startups. And obviously with uh, Chris and um, what he's building at King's Crowd, um, just you know, obviously a, a leader in the space and influencer um, and a company that is, you know, very, I think, important and will be central to the future of this industry. And over time, you know, went for a few beers when we were both in San Francisco together. Um, and it's been cool to stay in touch and, and see the growth of things throughout and what, um, what you're doing, Chris, obviously with, you know, just coverage and the data capture, like we Especially now that WeFunders market share is accelerating, you better believe on these uh, fun, funding reports that you helpfully put out every week to everyone in the field of listen. Probably nice plug there, there, by the way. What's that? Nice plug there. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm probably Kings Crowd's biggest uh, promoter at this point because I'm just sharing your funding reports uh, with everyone. Well, no, I, I appreciate hearing that, and, and we've definitely heard more of that, that people are starting to use uh, King's Crowd data in multiple ways, and I see it being posted even by some of your team members uh, on yep. LinkedIn, which is great, um, but I, I'd love to take a step back here. First off, um, you know, congrats to you because as director of fundraising, I think uh, you had quite the year, and you have a lot to be proud of, um, but, you know, WeFunder really was uh, kind of one of the forefront leaders of creating this, this new world of online private markets. I, re I still remember May 16th, 2016, first investment you can make in CF, first couple of investments you can make uh, were all on WeFunder. And I was, I was there ready to go. I had been on the list for maybe a year and a half or two, just waiting for you know, the regulations to actually go to market. Um, mm -hmm. and it was a really exciting moment, but it was funny because you know, maybe several thousand dollars were raised or whatever. And now you guys are doing millions and millions of dollars a month. It's pretty incredible to watch your progress. Um, so I, I'd love to hear a little bit um, about what you see coming in the next year. You know, what, what are you excited about for WeFunder? Obviously you had a record-breaking year in 2020. How do you follow that up in 2021? Yeah, honestly, I, I don't mean to, um, <laughs> you know, uh, tempt fate here or, or come across as, uh, too arrogant, but I think the answer to your question is easily. Um, one, because we have some great momentum right now. Um, and I think generally in with the two-sided marketplace, I mean, the, the network effects of this business are off the charts, right? Like it's, I mean, it's just like Uber, right? Like more investors is better for founders because that's more eyeballs. We can put them in front of more money they're going to raise from WeFunders' uh, existing investor base. Uh, and then more founders is better for investors because there's more, obviously, like high quality investment opportunities for them to yeah. pass through and, and look at. Um, so I think this is just something that will naturally kind of snowball. Like WeFunder is so much more valuable just by the fact that we have a much, much bigger investor base and the product and, you know, all, all of just the better processes, et cetera. But WeFunder is so much more valuable to founders now than it was five years ago uh, because you know, at the time we were putting them in front of 900 investors and now we're putting them in front of 900,000. So if you, if you play that forward, you know, I think the growth will just continue to compound. 
but obviously as as you guys know like the the thing that will really make the growth easy in 2021 is the new rules that the SEC uh, voted on in November and uh, uh, day before the election. Uh, the only news of any note that week, as far as I can tell. Uh, and, you know, that they are now going to be implementing on March 15th. Um, the Probably, you know, the biggest one being increasing the cap from 1.07 million to 5 million. Um, and obviously... You guys ready? Uh, we will be ready. Yeah, well, our, our entire team is sprinting very hard right now. Um, and uh, that's, I think, one of the things that I I think differentiates WeFunder. Um, I think this is why we were first out the gate in 2016. Um, and I think we will kind of, you know, I would back us to, to kind of capitalize on the, um, the rule changes um, uh, over the coming months is, you know, we, we can move very quickly. Um, so Nick, our CEO, is actually, I think, unlike a couple of our, our biggest competitors, Republican Start Engine, um, Nick has deliberately kept the team pretty lean. Um, we haven't raised as much money as our competitors have. I think our team is smaller, even though we're doing more investment volume in RegCF. And so I think that hopefully, I hope, uh, kind of allows us to stay a little uh, more agile and so, yeah, when there's an opportunity to you know, change things up with these kind of law changes, um, I hope we can, you know, um, seize the initiative there um, and, uh, you know, continue to accelerate not just dollars of investment volume, but also our market share over the coming months. So one thing that I've, I've heard from um, a lot of people is, you know, deal flow is going to improve. Uh, as as the, the regulations are, are, are moved up, because now you really can do a Series A. So we're going to see more companies that have progressed. I would love to hear a little bit about what your deal sourcing strategy historically has been and how you see that evolving with kind of these new rules. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think 100% that the quality of deal flow is going to increase. So I was speaking to a YC founder the other day who basically was like, look at 1.07 million the two years of financials that you need to um, upload to the SEC, the annual report you need to file. Um, it doesn't really make it, it doesn't really make sense, but at 5 million all of a sudden, now it does. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think like we're going to see a lot more very high caliber companies that are obviously looking at raising more money uh, consider RegCF and go the RegCF route and already like the pipeline that, that we have ahead of March 15th is looking um, super solid. Um, in terms of the the strategies, I mean, it's uh, not, not really rocket science, I would say. I mean, we get a lot of inbound. So, you know, we have uh, kind of content marketing initiatives. We have our own podcast of Venture Capital where mostly we're interviewing uh, founders that have raised on WeFunder, but also might interview um, you know, Sarah Hanks, a lawyer from CrowdCheck, or Christian Aurora, CEO of the Aurora Project as a marketing agency, um, you know, blog posts. So we've been working on SEO recently. So we get a lot of inbound. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're trying to do outbound as well. So I have one guy on the team who's trying to send um, emails to founders that we think might be interested in raising a week on there. And then the majority of the BD team is focused on trying to build partnerships. So with accelerators, with angel groups, with VCs, um, you know, with marketing agencies, with lawyers, bankers, et cetera. Um, 
And that's, I think, where the, the highest quality deal flow uh, will come from. And then obviously, if we're delivering a great experience to founders, um, you know, making it easier for them to raise raise capital, enabling their, their customers and fans to invest in them. I think we get a lot of a lot of leads uh, from uh, founders um, who are referring other founders. Um, and so those referrals um, are probably the, you know, the most important channel we have in terms of uh, sourcing sourcing deals and especially high quality founders. And percent of your business do you think is repeat companies that continue to come back and raise additional capital at higher valuations? Pretty pretty small percentage, I would say at this stage, maybe five, 10%. Um, I, I expect that might go up over time. I think certainly with the 5 million cap, right? It was a company that raised a million previously, you know, then it's like, okay, the next round, they're going to go to institutional investors. Now they might come back and do another Reg CF raise. So the, the 535K, like it, if you're raising more than 535K across two campaigns, you need an audit. We were hoping that might be uh, uh, changed with these new regulations uh, coming on March 15th, but it wasn't. So that's a little bit of a, a pain, right? If, you, if you're doing a second Reg CF raise, needing the audit as opposed to a financial review. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I think this five million cap for sure is going to increase the number of repeat campaigns we see over the coming months. You guys give uh, uh, or do Reg A plus and Reg D five hundred six C as well, correct? We do, yeah. I would say it isn't as much of a strategic focus for us as it is for some of our competitors, but yeah, we're we're probably and and I think with the Reg CF increase, I think the lion's share of the campaigns we do are probably still going to be in the Reg CF world. But yeah, we've done a number of Reg A campaigns and we actually are starting to get um, more there. Um, I think our, our pricing there is is very competitive. And so um, I, I might expect that to grow in, in 2021 as well. But yeah, the, the focus for us will continue to be Reg CF. I think our DNA is a little bit more early stage companies. Like, sure. uh, you know, we have a part of our, our kind of, I guess, I guess it's it's not really an explicit kind of business development strategy. This isn't really why we do this, um, although it, it has that secondary effect. But we have an accelerator program called XX um, that uh, some of my colleagues are, are working on. It's it's awesome, but it's very very early stage founders. We had one batch focused on female founders, one batch focused on immigrant founders. The last batch was focused on companies that are tackling the pandemic in in the spring of 2020. We have another batch that we just did interviews for over the last week that is companies building the new normal post-pandemic. Um, so, but these are all very early companies. Several of the graduates from XX have gone on to get into Y Combinator as a, as a next step, for example. Um, but that's, you know, our CEO, Nick, like I feel like the early stage is oftentimes where we can uh, feel like we can add the most value. So I think focus will continue to be on, on Rexia. Nice. No, it's been fun to watch companies like um, uh, Legion M, you know, they've raised a ton of money and they continually come back and there's yeah. some really, really fun raises on your platform, but definitely some really interesting deal flow. And one of the things you implemented this year that I was curious to hear more about was putting kind of a lead investor um, on the raise. Can you tell us a little bit about that initiative and, and how you think that's, that's helped deal flow and, and also encourage more investment? Yeah, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, and obviously, I'm sure uh, you know Republic or Start Engine or whoever would would claim the same accolade for themselves. Uh, I'm I'm kind of maybe drinking our own Kool Aid here, but you know, from my perspective, one of the things I like about uh, Nick 
uh, and and we fund there is uh, thought leadership. Um, so I think you know we were there right at the start in 2012, helping articulate the Jobs Act in in how these rules have uh, you know evolved over the last few months. For example, uh, you know some some people in the industry were trying to ban uh, safes, for example. Um, uh, some of our competitors, Nick, Nick wrote a comment letter to the FCC and had a Y Combinator partner also wrote a, a letter um, which uh, requested that we don't ban safes, um, largely because, you know, if, if most companies coming out of Y Combinator, which is, you probably say, the most prestigious accelerator in the world, if most companies coming out of YC are raising on safes, if you ban safes for, for XEF, then that probably means that the very, very best companies are not going to use um, RegCF or they're less likely to use RegCF. And really the way to um, you know, help investors make money on RegCF is to get very, very best companies onto regulation crowdfunding, onto WeFunder. And yeah. so we yeah. keep the safe. So and so we did, and we we actually now YC just moved from a pre money to a post money safe, and so we we followed suit. But I guess that's another example. And then what you mentioned with lead investors is, um, I think, a very um, powerful example of how you know we try we've tried to kind of build this industry, uh, lead this industry, build our product and process in a way that kind of builds this right. And so with lead investors, um, it does a couple of things. One is for, for founders um, that are live on WeFunder, if they have like an awesome lead investor, and you know, that might be, that might be a, an angel investor um, with a great reputation, or it might be Bill Nye, the science guy, who is the lead <laughs> investor in American Ultimate Disc League, or it might be Iggy Pop, who is the lead investor in Detroit City Football Club. So, you know, maybe it's a celebrity as well as a, an angel investor with a great reputation or a, or a founder in that sector. But so one thing lead investors does is it conveys a lot of credibility to the founder raising money. So they generally, founders love that if they can put forward this awesome big name investor prominently on the campaign page. The other thing it does is um, the lead investor, on average lead is putting in 20, 25K into a deal on WeFunder. And they are helping to negotiate the terms of the offering with the founder before they go live on WeFunder. And so one, one lesson we've learned over the years with RegCF is that, you know, when we launched, it was like real, real focus on the wisdom of the crowd. Right? And we believe this wisdom of the crowd for sure. But we also think, you know, and, and maybe um, some recent episodes uh, in the stock market or in politics uh, <laughs> uh, might you know, uh, highlight some some potential downsides with democracy, pure democracy. And so we also believe there's some wisdom in the experts as well. What we're trying to do with lead investors is, okay, that's an expert. So their <laughs> wisdom on kind of feeding into the terms of valuation and help ensure that the terms the fund launches and we fund with are going to be attractive to investors. And then, and then the third thing that lead investors do is uh, going back to the product change I mentioned earlier, in early 2020, we rolled individual investors up to one line on the cap table using a custodian structure. Um, and the lead investor uh, will vote for the shares of the individual investors in the deal um, through the custodian structure. So the founder only needs to collect one signature in the event of a vote, i.e. the lead investor's signature. But 
the investors have more protection uh, than they do if they don't have any representation or voting rights. They do have rights, albeit through the lead investor. And so in all of those ways, um, and probably some more than I'm not thinking of, um, I think this lead investor structure is just like, it's a good, like it's a, it's a sensible uh, kind of good way to be structuring these Reg CF investments. And I think a good example of uh, a pretty important, you know, product innovation that we rolled out last year, um, where we're trying to build this industry in, in the right way. So I was curious, um, we're starting to see a few exits in the industry, uh, not a ton, but, and I was wondering when or if you thought it'd be possible that it'd become kind of an industry standard that the exit terms eventually get disclosed, because that is a problem these days. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I'm honestly probably not the best person to ask on. Uh, <laughs> you should talk to our new general counsel when I talk about like you know our team uh, <laughs> being a reason for our growth. He's he's awesome and just joined the team uh, recently. Very very excited to have him on board. Um, so there's probably other folks on our team that we better place to talk to that. We do try to be as transparent as possible with our results. So if you go to wefunder.com slash results, you know, I would say probably, um, I mean, if you look at the Reg D portfolio, we've we've had four unicorns raised on WeFunder, which is awesome. Zenefits, I think it's the, the most kind of dramatic of those. Um, but uh, yeah, in Reg CF, I mean, there've been a few smaller exits um, for sure. Obviously with revenue share deals, then investors are getting paid back um, with payments on the loan. Um, there certainly haven't been any kind of, you know, unicorn exits yet. There's there's a few companies like Beta Bionics just closed a 56 million Series B, so they're they're on a good path. Um, but uh, yeah, um, given we only started in May 2016, and you know at the time it was kind of a trickle of companies. Now the volume's starting to build up, but I think it's unfortunately going to be a fair few years before there's that um, you know Uber exit that. Uh, That'll be a, a nice day when it comes. We're, we're the data guys, so we will find out one way or another, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember when I first uh, joined King's Crowd, this would have been, uh, you know, over two years ago now or something, but uh, you were, WeFunder was one of the first sites Chris sent me to when, he was, when I asked, I was like, listen, how much money are people making? You guys had that little page where it had all the companies that had, you know, nobody's got IPO or anything, as you say, but, uh, you know, you, you guys are one of the, the good ones there. So thank you for that. Yeah, and, and Johnny, I guess a, a question I have for you that I'm, I'm curious about is, you know, the thing that's going to lead to us seeing these unicorns, and we know it, it takes time for companies to develop and get to those massive valuations. Um, so we're just still in the early days, but in order to get there, you need, you know, great deal flow. And you guys have done a really wonderful job. I think, you know, we've seen that the quality of deal flow on WeFunder is very, very good and right near the top of the market. Um, and I'm, I'm curious uh, to hear the types of things that you as kind of the director of fundraising and sourcing these deals, what are the types of things that you're looking for in, in your deal flow uh, when you bring them to the platform? I mean, I think like mostly the same sort of things that, um, any early stage investor is going to be looking for, right? Like, can is this founder formidable? Are they going to run through walls? Um, you know, are they moving super quick? Um, you know, uh, traction, obviously, um, the product, um, the TAM. Uh, so all, all of the things that like any kind of angel investor would look for. Um, I think, you know, with respect to Reg CF, 
or we fund specifically, you know, if they have a huge audience, if it's a B2C company with a huge audience, um, I was talking to a, a company this morning that, you know, has 150,000 people on their email list and, um, you, you know, they will, and, and they're like super engaged, love the products, right? Um, customers. And so I think that would be very, very, that's like the absolute sweet spot for XEF. I don't want to kind of over-index for that because, you know, we've helped biotech companies that are years away from FDA approval, like no, we're near like, you know, public facing brand or customers and, you know, they'll raise seven figures. So it's not like we're kind of limited to B2C. Leah Labs is a, a company that went through Y Combinator and is trying to cure cancer in dogs. Um, and I was really, really stoked to work with Wes, our CEO, awesome, awesome guy. Um, so, you know, it's not, not necessarily, absolutely not um, limited to B2C, but I think that is re really the sweet spot for XCF. One, because you can go to your customers and pitch them on investing in you. But secondly, like the blog, if you remember, Chris, I wrote a blog on Kingsguard about how Neurohacker, you know, turned investors into customers and existing customers or loyal customers by converting them to investors. But B2C company, you know, if you raise $5 million from 5,000 people, now you have 5,000 investors who are going to be super loyal customers. So that's going to have probably additional uh, you know, value add benefits. And, and going back to your point about like, yeah, how do we, how do we get the first like, you know, IPO, like unicorn exit on WeFunder? Um, yeah, a huge part of that is deal flow, right? And sourcing. And do we get the, the company on WeFunder in the first place? But also like, can we help in kind of accelerate the trajectory of that company? And this is where I'm pretty bullish, honestly. Like obviously you, as a founder, you want to take smart capital, capital that can add value. And, you know, VCs are at a lot of value and we're definitely not anti-VC, right? You want to raise from VCs as well as the crowd, but the crowd can add a lot of value too. Like it's going to be very, very good for your business in the early days. You know, if you can um, recruit an army of super passionate, passionate brand ambassadors uh, who are going to, you know, tell all their friends to um, use you, um, and market every new product launch that you have. So I hope that we can actually, you know, it's not just sourcing the companies, but actually then this model can really help uh, put them on a trajectory that is going to deliver the returns for investors that we're all hoping for. Love your insights and, and, and I think it's really valuable. Um, one thing that I'm, uh, that I have noticed is, is, you know, I think with the English guy on the director of fundraising, We've seen an over-index to uh, to really cool soccer teams uh, that have been available <laughs> for a bit, and I love that. Honestly, I think it's so cool. The um, next step, the next step is uh, cricket team on WeFunder. That is my, That will be the ultimate fulfillment of my English heritage. That's the dream. Twenty twenty. I love it. Well, and you know what? I, I what I try and tell people is, you know, one of the really cool things about this space is, yes, you want to invest and find the next big technology company and all of those types of things. And, and I have a very diversified portfolio of investments, but you do have an opportunity to come in on these small checks and things that you're interested in and care about. And I have had this kind of uh, investment thesis around sports teams. And, you know, if you can get in early, listen, a lot of things will have to change in the United States. If, you know, teams like Detroit FC, are going to be able to move up in ranks and, you know, really see major value changes, but for a hundred bucks, you know what, worth the bet and to be a part of something that's so cool, so unique. And it gives me a reason to want to go to Detroit and, you know, be a part of that community. And it, I just think it's a lot of fun. Um, and I, there is that element to it. You know, we can't lose it. Obviously, we have to think about returns. We have, you know, 
but there is room in your portfolio to, to invest some things that you care about that you get excited about. And, and definitely the soccer teams, I always enjoy looking at. They might not rate the highest on our platform, um, but I think they're fun. I think they're really interesting. I love that. I feel like you've definitely been a major proponent of making, maybe I'm overblowing it, but I think you've definitely been a driver of bringing those to the platform, which is- You're just, uh, you're just an Iggy Pop fan, right? <laughs> the moment I see a Detroit City in an underweight deal category on, on uh, King's Card, I'll be sending you an irate email. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's a balance, right? Like, obviously, we got to think about financial returns, but there's a reason our brand on WeFunder is invest in startups you love, right? Uh, yeah, another yeah. call I had earlier was with a, a, an early stage um, uh, company, medical devices company that's looking to tackle Alzheimer's. And, you know, if you had a family member that's afflicted by Alzheimer's, like you might invest a thousand bucks in them because, you know, you want to accelerate, uh, you know, better treatment of that disease. And yeah. if you financial return on it, great. But like, you know, I invested in Chattanooga FC. I live in Nashville now. So, you know, which I, I didn't at the time. So now it's, it's cool to be an owner of a soccer club in my home state. But yeah, I invested 125 bucks and my name's on their shirt. And certainly... At, at the least, the, the motivation is it can be a hybrid, I think, here of, um, you know, financial returns and also, you know, investing in a cause you care about or someone you believe in. Uh, and when the minimum investment size is 100 bucks, you know, uh, it, it's easier to do that than if you're if you're raising checks of, you know, 50K or, or more. Absolutely. And I, I myself have found that a lot of people that, so we have 2,100 investors in our business. We have those $100 checks and we have those $125,000 checks. Mm -hmm. But what I've seen is a lot of times it's this opportunity to build a relationship with somebody. Um, they get to know your business and then suddenly you're getting outreach from them saying, yeah, really love to learn. You know, I put a hundred bucks in six months ago, started playing with your product. Wait a minute. There's really something here. You know, it's not just, right. and suddenly that hundred dollar check becomes a $25,000 check. Um, yeah. And that's happened many, many times to me. So it's cool. It's a really cool and unique way to begin to engage and engage a broad audience that might otherwise not if it was, you know, a 25 or 50 K upfront investment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Johnny, you get the last word, favorite English uh, football team. I'm a big man, you fan. So it's been a pretty good season for us. I don't know if you guys are uh, English soccer fans, but uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, Oli's at the wheel, uh, you know, former Man United legend, um, has rescued us from uh, mid-table obscurity under Jose Mourinho. And, uh, you know, we're second in the league, just a few points behind Man City. We just won 9-0 against Southampton last week. So, you know, there's still some challenges. Uh, but uh, and Man City and Liverpool are off the boil, which is how we're in the, in the running. But we got, we got to play Man City soon. They're playing Liverpool this weekend. So it could well be that uh, this is the year that Man United returned to glory. I got my fingers crossed for that. So it's Man United going to win the league. We fund is going to win regulation crowdfunding. <laughs> <laughs> and England are going to be here in the cricket. Uh, I really opened a can of worms there with the the, the football question. That was... <laughs> like you, I you should call it football there game. rather than yeah. soccer, Sean. I appreciate that. Well, John, yeah, I was like, why is he calling it soccer? I was like, don't they call it... Anyway, yeah. Uh, well, Johnny, thank you for your time. Absolutely, yes, man. Thank this you very much. It's been a lot big, of fun. Uh, thank you. Big fan of uh, of you guys and uh, and King's Crowd. So uh, look forward to continuing to, to work together. We appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye.
That is it for us, folks. If you'd like to learn more about King's Crowd rating analytics, go to kingscrowd.com or email us at podcast at kingscrowd.com. For Clister Strino and Johnny Price, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening.